a late night pod and I don't know if I love it, but after hours pod. Yeah, it's after hours, but you know, like this is what happens when you're busy. We've had a big day and, and now we're here. So back on the bullshit, talking to smack. I'm very bloated. Like it's we'll have to edge in. Yeah, post dinner pod. Oh god, I don't know about this. But anyways, on to the important stuff. So it's been a little while since you got back from Big Sound, mm. but I think it's important that we refer to it because <laughs> You know, yeah. it is what it is. I remember being very wrecked where I could not possibly have spoken a word. I don't know. I spoke to someone the other day about it and they were like, yeah, like same, but I have three kids or something. And I was like, oh, okay. Not same. I was wrecked. Yeah. Fair enough. Like I remember I haven't been to Big Sound in a while, but I remember feeling wrecked because there's a lot of social battery that you have to use. You yeah. know, like you're doing your thing, you're kind of walking, talking, going to gigs. Yeah. It like energizes you, but also... I missed the first day, which apparently was a flop. Not a flop, but just not necessary. And yeah. Came in for the two express days and really had no plan. Maybe it was the lack of plan that took it out of me. Because you're in this environment where you're like immersed, you know, like when you're on a camping festival or something, it's like you're all the way in. But like because it's industry, it's almost like you're not all the way in on yeah. ratchetness or like partying. No, I mean, the music industry is pretty chill, but like there is like an element of like professionalism that's happening as well. I feel like that's just the the general vibe of the industry because you know everyone but everyone is working in the environment of a party essentially so mm. the the social outing is actually a business outing at the same time yeah because there's a level of like linkedinness to it all of like networking plus then there's panels plus there's gigs suddenly every person in the industry is an event manager and like you know i've done event management professionally it's a very stressful experience if that's not what you do and now suddenly you're catapulted into that environment and have to run a party or run a guest list or, you know, also somehow manage to be social in that environment. It's a lot. But and you're also competing with people. Like there's lots of parties going on. You've got the anxiety of no one's going to come to my party and that's a whole other yeah, situation. Yeah. But I did find that going with the flow took me into all the right corners. My thesis worked, which is something I've been adopting for the last, I would say, 12 months. And it's hard. I feel like it's counterintuitive. I'm like, I feel like I, as much as you might not think so, like to plan things. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I like I to guess have so, things, yeah. like have ducks in a row. And, yeah. And I've been trying to learn how to not think like that and just let things happen. You know that feeling when you have something that you've committed to or that you're about to do and then that sort of hour or two before where you are contemplating pulling out? Oh, yes, I am very familiar. Everyone's familiar with this feeling. Everyone's kind of like, all right, this is it. This is the last chance. And I would call that the pre-show speed bump where you're just like, oh, like, why did I commit to this? And I'm finding that every time I push through that feeling, it's always the right thing to do. And it's not even that I'm lazy. It's just, it's, I think it's just a social anxiety that everyone experiences. Yeah, it's also the fear of the unknown. There's a part of you that wants to keep the high going and you're like, I want it to be amazing. So there's an expectation that you're like, if I go, it better be amazing. And then the other is like the self-loathing of what if I go and it's shit and now I've had to get ready. I've had to pay for an Uber. I've had to do this. I had a bad time. Yeah. you know and I've wasted time and it's the, the yeah I think there's a little bit of both of those things going on the thing that you're doing is not that's not the gold medal it's the ducking and weaving and the and getting there and then you know like one night for example I had nothing to do just say goodbye to my friends who are having another dinner I walk down the road enter a pub and I see Rach and I go what's up and then one hour later we're all off to dinner and I just have this dinner and then we go to another gig and it was just like you know it wasn't like best night ever but it was pretty fucking fun none of it was planned being on holidays is that feeling like every time you think about going to a new york 
or like a big city like London or whatever, the best parts about those feelings are like because there's a level of a plan, like you know that you're there and yeah. you know that there's a destination, but there's all these little like moments that feel like life is a TV show. You know, it's like mm. suddenly you're in an episode of Seinfeld or an, yeah. in an episode of Gossip Girl or some shit where like who knows what crazy thing is going to happen. That's the thing, yeah. And I feel like life is what you make it in that sense. If you just have, <laughs> If you just have these rigid plans, it just... It really just goes, all right, one to the next, that thing's now done. And then, all right, time to go home. Whereas you sort of mosey into things. It takes you into weird direction. I, you know, even that night, I, you know, relatively, I called it pretty early for myself. Mm. It was like 1.30 a.m. I did have a flight to catch, which we'll get to. But, you know, the party was at that level of those who were going to go for it were going to go for it. And I was like, you know what? I'm feeling content. I don't need to push this anymore. That's like the other side of me just doing things randomly is also going, you know what? I'm just going to dip because I think I've extracted everything I can out of this. Well, it's kind of similar to what you said about Splendor where, you know, there is a tap out point. And I think like the part of being in the moment slash being present is knowing to listen to your instincts where it's like follow or chase the dragon and then also know when there is no more to chase like yeah. for you you know like people can kick on all they want but like when you're done you're done and i've always found that when i know i'm done and then i haven't exit the situation it's like even if the best thing happened most of the time like i'm not even in the right mindset to be like actually appreciating that yeah. moment happening yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. how many highs do you need you know what i mean yeah exactly i mean even that night i was you know i had everything i needed to have and i was feeling great everyone was having a great time and i was like you know what I think I'm done here. And I left and I felt great. And I was like, thank God I left because it was on the road home. And I was like, perfect decision. I mean, I haven't been to the Valley since we went to see Alison Roman. Nothing alley. So. That's crazy, actually, because I did not feel like the same city. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember Because you're really going. just in the Valley and that's it. Yeah, it's funny because you're going through the Valley in the daytime. Like, you know, it's one of those cities where you're like, it's a good city. I think it's maybe a bit too slow paced on the regular for me. Like, it's definitely got a nightlife. Like, great music comes out of the Valley. Do you know why Big Sound in Brisbane is so good? It's because it feels like the one city that you're kind of going back in time. The buildings are so old and it's Brisbane and it hasn't got that sort of super modern feel. Well, it hasn't gentrified all the way yet. The signage and like the brown buildings and you got that sort of hue of the summer heat and it's like not even summer and you're like, why is it so warm? I feel like that creates this kind of somewhat sweaty Australiana feel. You're there for two or three days, everyone's just talking shop and then you're gone and it's like, not to say that people get up to no good, but I think because everyone's there for work, it's literally a trade show and that's what it is. But In a lot of yeah. ways, it's like when you go to Tasmania for Dark Mofo, I feel the same thing. It's one of those cities where I'm like, it feels like a full city takeover because like the city yeah. part or like in terms of the valley, let's say that is the city in this situation. Mm. It's like the full valley takeover. It's similar to the Hobart thing. It's like everyone comes alive for that moment. Yeah. And plus like, cause you're only, you know, like we're not going to Brisbane a lot. So it's not like I have a lot of comparisons. I spent a lot of time on the Gold Coast when I was growing up, but like, I didn't spend much time in Brisbane at all. Yeah. It's like a canvas for everyone there to make something happen because not everyone there is, you know, if you went to Sydney, for example, or you went to Melbourne or something, it's like everyone who then goes then has all of these other connections that they're going to go meet up with. Whereas this is like 80, 90% of people aren't from Brisbane. So they're, mm. all they're really going to do is talk to themselves because everyone's emailing each other every day. Yeah. And then that was the best part for me was you email and you talk to all these people online all the time you follow them you sort of see what they're up to and then finally you just like you tap back in you go that's with every industry you know whenever you get a chance to just do it irl it's like 
it's a good excuse, which this can be a prequel to our upcoming Sydney trip to South by. Which yeah. This can be the before we knew too much pod. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, we did some time in Sydney. There was quite a few years there where that was our home. And I love Sydney. I'm really interested to see how it comes together. Like I've seen all the press releases, I'm familiar with like what's going on. This is a thing. It's like there's a big difference. This is why I really love going to events. Like even when you watch like a live stream, versus like being there there's like the intangibles that you don't see on a stream that you don't see in the press coverage that you don't see in a gallery you don't even hear from word of mouth because like when you're there it's the vibe i'm digesting like those minute details the minutiae or whatever it's like you know what does it look like aesthetically who are the people that are going like that's something i really pay attention to like who are the actual crowd who are the people that have bought tickets who are the people that have been guest assisted and comped like that kind of stuff yeah. You know, a lot of the time that like, we've experienced this South by in Texas, it's like you think you're going to go for a certain act and like you have no idea who the fuck the support act is or you're at a gig and then someone was like, we're going to go to this gig and now suddenly you're in a tiny little room and Matt Ox is playing like, <laughs> you know, shit like that happens. Yeah. And it was just like, again, that magical kind of feeling where like now I'm at a party with Paris Hilton DJing and now I'm on a scooter going to I don't fucking know where or, you know, I'm going to the Bodies, Bodies, Bodies premiere realizing that's not going to happen now i'm at a you know meetup for some other thing or i thought i was going to an adhd meetup and now i'm at a podcast panel i think that's one of the tough things about marketing an event and let alone an event that has not happened ever Mm. is that marketing's job is to kind of overinflate how good this is going to be how amazing this thing's going to be but the truth of the matter is some of the charm and the actual appeal of going to something like this is in the unknown and I mean, I'm sure they're marketing that angle in some way as well. But I think events like this and anything in general, everyone's always trying to sell you on the hard facts of what the event is. They're like, this is going to be so amazing, this and this and this. But then, like we're saying, it's like, do I care that much about the speaker who's going to speak at 10.15 to 10.45 on a Wednesday? Or am I going to really have the best time bumping into like 10 of my friends on the walk there? The serendipity is actually, you come out of it always being like, how good was that little moment? Well, like coming back to the Texas example, because like when we're talking about this being the first South by in Australia, all you can do is reference what you know from global. And like, let's not forget that like That's South right. by. We're, we're global. We're, <laughs> yeah. We're well, like global. South by has years on it. And like, you know, people even say now that like South by now isn't what it was when it was smaller. And it's yeah. like, you know, with an artist, it's like their first album and their 10th album are like, you know, if they even get that far, like I never going to be the same experience, but like thinking about South by last year or no, the year before. Yeah in texas i'm like i had so many intentions like i had so many good intentions you look at the schedule i got the little app i saved all these things what was the percentage of like actual follow-through when it came to like which panels did i actually go to like which ones did i go to yeah you only I have so to? much that's the thing like that's the other thing like you get sold on the schedule but yeah. you forget that you're literally one person with one chunk of time and you can't the more that you try and plan it's almost like the less you do well like with me i had even people like hitting me up before i went to schedule meetings and i just i honestly don't even remember if i followed through with any of the people i planned to meet up with met a lot of amazing people by chance at like different events or through people or just being around but like some of the best conversations i had were like the most random conversation like this one dude that i accidentally met through some other author guy 
that was like, I'm a student and my dad made me come here because blah, blah. And he just really liked producing music. And then he's like, come with me to this panel about people like pitching their songs. Yeah. And I was like, where am I right now? Yeah. And then at another point I saw like Michelle Grace Hunter in a hallway and I was like, what the fuck? And we just sat there charging our phones for ages. And I was like, I haven't seen you in years. And I found you in this random hallway after going this dude to some random panel. That's it. I mean, know? the thing is, I mean, I saw our friend Cam at Big Sound and we've come up at the same time and we've both hit the same kind of thought process of pressure you put on yourself when you go into these events and these places and you're like set up all the meetings and i gotta get all the opportunities and then you sort of realize that you know for every meeting that you've organized you've maybe left five or ten freak chances that you meet some complete random that you know mm. it's like what are you giving up by being too rigid so it's my philosophy lesson for the day well another thing for me that i found and this is something that i have to like always conquer is like you know sometimes i get really overwhelmed where there's too many things that i've either commit to or not commit to and then there's so many things going on that i can't even choose that it's like choice paralysis and like I couldn't even bring myself to get out of the hotel. And then when I finally did, and I was like, nah, that's it. Have a better attitude. You need to like talk to some people. Fucking first dude that speaks to me, some creep who I was like, <laughs> talking about AI. I mean, to be fair, he was working in AI before the whole AI wave was happening. And I'm starting also to- Also America. Yeah, this is in America. And I'm like walking towards the tech convention part. Bad move. Talk to also during dude. the explosion of Web3. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is like Web3 core. Like I, I had an intention. I was like, you are not talking to anybody if they tell tell you they are investing in crypto or anything to do with like nfts and stuff yeah. like he said hey babe you want to check out my metaverse yeah well like anything like that i was kind of like just a red flag like i'm just not here for it right now i'm just trying to chill i don't want to talk about that stuff but i was interested in going to like the tech convention area where they had like the trade show and i was heading in that direction and this guy starts talking to me he's talking about ai and i was kind of like yeah cool and it was like i asked him i was like do you like are you in crypto and he was like no nah. i was like yeah you seem fine just talking to dude you know i'm thinking we're having a conversation i'm kind of like what do you think about eq like with ai and blah 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 and he's like what's that and i was like emotional intelligence and he was like oh and then he was like oh actually like you know that's my day job i'm actually an entrepreneur and i was like oh god oh no and then it was like the, can i have your number and i was like no you can have my email and he's like oh have you got a guy and i was like yeah and he was oh, kind god. of like pissed because he was like why are you god. talking to me and i was like why the fuck are you talking to me ran the fuck away did not go i, I think i did one lap of the like the convention area freaked out was like hell no you said AID's nuts yeah exactly fucking ran away and I basically hid in the hallway right near like the media area for the film TV department because I was like nah these are my people I'm just gonna stay with the film nerds because I do not want to go anywhere near the text shit freaked me out and then I just stayed there and then I pretty much just stayed with the film TV world and then I just went to gigs and I was like I know where I sit you've got to take your chances but you also have to trust your instinct and for me that was like a red flag and I was like you know what? I'm not completely writing off the tech side of things but like you know I have to have your wits about you you know this is also we were in Texas and it was a much bigger convention and a much bigger conference but like I could never have foreshadowed the fact that I would leave the hotel that day and do that but you know good things happen like I said I spent a lot of time in the film area the fuck thing is I, I think I still had a lot of social anxiety at the time with COVID and I kind of was like a little bit nervous still about like being out in the wild I missed so many opportunities because I kind of got this fear of like I had like an all access pass and I wanted to go see a bunch of films like everything everywhere all at once had just we had just got there after it happened which I didn't love that movie anyway but that had premiered and, and then the other two premieres that were happening was X, A24 and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies and these were the three that were like hot 
And I had the opportunity to go see them that week. Didn't because I didn't want to go by myself, which was dumb in hindsight. And then I did actually go down to the Bodies, Bodies, Bodies premiere, but it was so packed that I was like, can't even be fucked. And I'm wearing that film industry emerging people meet up and had a great time. It was also the premiere of, um, and I didn't make it down either, with the Casey and I set David Dobrik thing that was going down. Mm. And obviously they've had a falling out now, but like, I don't know why I didn't go to that. Like there was so many things yeah, that I, I was like, there was why don't you giant, go to that? There was a giant line for T-Pain for some oh, reason. Oh man, that was huge like outside the, the Porsche exhibition. You know what there wasn't a big line for when we saw Sean Wotherspoon speak at the Porsche thing? Yeah. That was weird because I was like, you're Sean Wotherspoon and if you were anywhere else, you would be getting like mobbed right now with like just hype beats. But like it was pretty empty in there. I'm like, yeah, really strange. But like, you know, vibes. He seems like a chill dude. I think South by and Sydney is going to have, it's going to have a lot of like teething issues because it's the first time this thing's happened. But I think you can't do anything like this without just starting. And I think them mm. just putting a flag on the ground. If anyone can revitalize Piedmont, that would be great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> stinks. And like, yeah, yeah. hot tip, if you are going, I think the best thing to do is center your plans around the music in some way or another. Because it's Australia and we don't get like the way that it operates with budgets and things like we don't get the budget on a global level a lot of the time. So it's like, you know, you might have a global brand, but like, it's not just like you get infinite pool of cash to just copy that exact model and execute it everywhere. Like as an example, like House of Vans, we don't get to have that all the time. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Vans just has infinite money to be throwing around until something like this happens they're doing the big doc martin stage as well you know like i would compare it to something like a fate of fort they didn't have fate of fort at south by when we went i think it'd been taken over by patreon but like that was a huge activation that used to happen at south by and i think like having some touch points that are similar to global is a good thing you obviously can't replicate everything i think it's really nice to have something that you can buy into you know yeah. what i mean like we're not going to get bands warp tour happening but like that's a nice way to like be part of something that is that feels global yeah oh, and also for the bands i'm like that's really sick if like you get to then be like i did that because that means something to people like obviously not everyone's killed by brands but i'm like it's more about the cultural moment of like you didn't get to play warp tour but maybe you get to play the band stage at south by at the first sydney event like yeah that's really exciting, yeah. you know, especially for emerging artists where you don't get handed opportunities all the time. Yeah. So, so I'm be, really excited about that. That'll be in a couple of weeks. So yeah. stand by for the... Well, I haven't been to Sydney in a little bit, so it'd be nice to head up there. And I mean, the weather's usually pretty nice up there as well. And if you're around, let's link, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but like I'm not going to commit to any plans as well. <laughs> so yeah, looking forward to like getting out of Melbourne, even though the weather here at the moment is very nice. Splendid. Splendid. So, okay, I just want to refer to the transition from when spring clicked over. For me, I just like see the sun and I'm like, it's summer. In my mind, there was a few, you know, above 20 degree days and I was like, it's summer now. And then it was only the other day that I realized I'm like, it's not even fucking summer, it's spring. And I'm like, oh, that's why I'm sneezing because I have really brutal hay fever. Mm. And I just forgot. We are in spring. And... Well, apparently this is the fake summer because pre-summer will be, uh, sorry, chart the 12 seasons of Melbourne. Yeah. And we're currently entering the swooping season where the magpies begin to swoop. And I was thinking about this the other day because I was outside and I was running along and I was like, when did I get swooped last? Because, I mean, it was a year ago because mm. I got swooped at your parents' house. Like, mm. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Terrifying. I hate getting swooped by birds. It's one of the worst feelings. And then Sai sent me this thing being like, here's the seasons. And I was like, yep, yeah, let's check it out. And then we're entering the swooping phase, which I am not here for. It's something so sinister about this animal 
It's, it's like <laughs> this is like the Loch Ness monster all over dude, again. Something sinister. This animal just once I stared at a dog when I was stoned, and I was like, oh god. Or when the cat tried to like maul us that time, mm. and I was like, it's this feeling of like you can't convince an animal to not do something. Yeah, on. you can't use words. It's yeah. very primal. There's no grounds to compromise. They're yeah, just there's like, no negotiation here. It's just like yeah, except for you know, physical. Fly. It's like exactly. Oh, I don't want to backslap this bird out of my face, but I also am terrified. So. The impending swooping, you know, no offense, but I don't want to be one of these people who wears pipe cleaners on my helmet. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Fucking, that, that, this is the thing. Like, what are they called? Um, you know, this Cable ties. Cable ties. Yeah, yeah. So there's this trend I've seen, which I saw in Byron. And then I was like, what the fuck are these like weirdos doing? Then I started seeing it here. And I was like, what is this? And people tie cable ties to their helmet when they're riding their bike. And it looks like... What's the dude has all the needles in his hand? Tezo Touchdown? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the guy, the movie. And I'm Anyways. like, why are these people of all ages wearing cable ties? And then I was like, it's a bird thing. This is what you have to be reduced to. So I can but... either do that or I can get some dreadlocks and like... No, please don't. <laughs> you know, tie them in my dreadlocks. Um, I can't see myself doing that. No, I, I don't think it'd be appropriate. But yeah, like, so what I was talking about before we got into bird talk, so the hay fever thing, but then also, like, hey, the day that, the first sunny day. The day your bum went psycho. No, not the day my <laughs> bum went psycho. Literally the first day that there was some sun, I couldn't even tell you, I couldn't even count. I lost count of how many people had their toes out with Birkenstocks, like the toeless. You make it sound not that sexy. No, it's not. It's like those double strap <laughs> Birkenstocks with straight toe. She's coming after the Birks. No, I've talked about the this Birks. Red hot. I know the red hotness is that like we've talked about this with the cork sole. It absorbs sweat. Dude, my sallow slippers have a cork sole. Yeah, but like I'm not seeing the imprint. Like the problem with this is like one wrong move and I've seen the wet footprint and I I can't unsee it now and I yeah. have a problem with it like it's just like I can't even I don't want to know about your feet it's giving hostel yeah it's all too much and I'm like that that's fine you do you but like I've got a real problem where I'm like I see it all I can think about is what's under there and then it's like if I actually see it it's like my life is over but second of all I'm like I'm thinking about it for myself and I'm like she's currently grimacing yeah I'm just massaging like, her yeah I'm getting like hay fever thinking about it but it's one of those things where I'm like I'm thinking about it my foot on a Burke sole covered in sweat that's been like imprinted several times like we're like 20 layers of sweat deep in the sweat and I'm just trying to understand it's like putting on a wet sock like you're putting that burk on and like what point of this feels liberating like sure your toes can breathe but like you're swimming in a pool of sweat like dried up it's not even dry because it's imprinted there and I'm like anyways moral of the story is I saw like way too many pairs of these out and about and I was like all right well this is where we're at now but then it wasn't just that like I mean the fashion parade started the walk to Eddie Gardens the runway was like like popping the fuck off like the picking baskets were out i saw lots of gingham dresses actually tank tops i'm like i'm not gonna lie like the hotties were out mm. all kinds of hotties were out and i was like everyone's happier when the sun is out because you're getting that vitamin d yeah so you know we were at the library kind of just watching it firsthand and i love to see it and i'm glad that we're here like we did not do euro summer we did not travel over winter we stuck it out and i'm quite proud of us we've made it out the other end and sorry to everyone that's listening that is not in Australia right now because I know it's getting cold over there so suck it but you know I'm getting reports that Sydney is also even better so oh of course and like Byron is even better than that so you know I'm here for it the tides are turning and I'm very excited because not only are we going to South by coming up but we're also going to go to listen out thank you very exciting I'm like 
Talk to your sister. She gave me nothing. I was like, dude, even Jade Zoe. I'm like, dude, are we going or not? Ice Spice, Uzivert, Skrillex, Fortet. That's a huge lineup. It's a huge lineup. And like, so relevant. I want to yeah. see, like, Lil Uzivert. I mean, knowing how lucky he won't come, but like, him, Ice Spice. <laughs> but we've seen him before. And but like, Skrillex, my yeah. fucking, my Don. I can't, well, this is the thing. And also, I, what I'm really, aside from the lineup being sick, I'm really excited that it's happening in the eastern suburbs, like deep suburbs as well, quite close to my parents' house. I'm kind of like that in itself completely opens up a demographic that I'm fascinated to see. Like I've already like witnessed these people at the suburban shopping centres as we did our time in the suburbs, but I'm like to see them in their, you know, purest form out in the burbs, like that is something that I think is really missing in like the event culture. And I felt this when I was growing up where I always felt a bit excluded from stuff because first, of all things are expensive so like the hardest part about the live element for younger people is like the tickets especially now are so expensive that like you don't get access like sometimes I take that for granted whether I pay for tickets or if I get them free I'm like you just forget that feeling of being a young person that like wishes they could go to that show and they're not even trying to get like VIPs or anything they just want to go and they can't and then on top of that like besides the price it's like my parents were like I'm not fucking driving to the city to pick you up like how the fuck was I going to get back on the night rider mm, yeah. like i mean how exciting for people that are how do we get home how will we get home i haven't really thought about it i guess maybe we crash my i'm sure there's a, i'm sure they figured that out but rj can pick us up <laughs> need it. i'm just a bit scared about getting the train home with all these well jade was saying that she might go and then she was saying i want to drive so i can escape because she was yeah. going to go on a bus apparently before she left triple j so i don't know i mean she's overseas at the moment so i have to find out she's, she's gonna get a gonna bus we're not invited on that bus. That's a that's industry bus. Um, we're in the industry. No, what, but what like bus it's, is this? It's, I don't know. I, like I we have VIP it. tickets. I what? know, but I don't know if it's that. It's All like, right, it let's. Need, I'll talk, this might be like I'll talk to Jade offline about this bus. Yeah, yeah. There's it. I want to be on the Triple J bus. Okay, well, we're not on the Triple J. The Triple J wheels in the bus go round and round. Okay, I don't know if you find out, but like that sounds like a party bus to me. It could be a party bus, but she was just kind of like, I don't know if I want to be. Who wouldn't want to be on that bus? I don't know. I don't know. I like it's. First we're not currently it. we're not invited to the bus first we're all hearing of this bus and let's... Well, look you got the tickets you said last time you're like the tickets you know. will come yeah and now they're here see this is another I would who, say who this plugged is... the tickets in the end let's give them a shout out no, no. oh wow <laughs> gate kept plugs they just came out of nowhere Second... i'm taking a hay fever tablet i'm getting the itch off to talk about the burks asmr as well usually she's she's militant on the background sound but she doesn't give a fuck right nah, my eyes are fucking popping off she's strapped on a feed bag and she's <laughs> well no that's a robin shabotsky anyway anyways um, <laughs> part two to the going with the flow energy is loosely put it in the manifesting basket <laughs> where the loosely manifested basket like i don't want to use the word manifest but it's the idea of i would say willing it into existence the new 2024 2023 harry and all of us together if you want to get something just say you're going to get it and then you've almost like you've laid the path that is actually just called manifesting <laughs> yeah and you mentally just get there because you're yeah you're reverse engineering the process you're geared towards that thing because you know what you're trying to do whereas i feel like this kind of umming and ahhing it's important to have like positive reinforcement and you also goals your goal setting as well because you want to be able to be like i'm going to do this so therefore you do it you know good one for free tickets because i love getting free tickets i mm-hmm. also love kicking goals well this is a good segue into uh, see, <laughs> i'm looking at this lion scarf. Do the next yeah yeah you I, you took a punt and i caught it marked it 
Oh, I'm still familiarizing myself with the football term. No worries. Let's set the scene. So Harry today has purchased, and well, not today, he received his Lions scarf. Brisbane Lions, he's not a Fitzroy Lions fan because that's not when you enter I'm not, the chat. I'm not a Fitzroy. I'm just like not trying to be a, a faker. Yeah, you don't want to fake it. Like, so but you I got went, a straight Lions scarf. It doesn't say Brisbane. Committed to the Lions in 2001. They were on a three in a row premiership streak. How crazy is that? And I was young and I was like, I'm going to go for that team. You also grew up in Byron. So like Brisbane, Byron. Yeah, it was the closest physical team. So, yeah. you know, if 10 years later it would have been a Gold Coast son, let's like, let's <laughs> yeah. like not dwell on that. Yeah. So I've been with the Lions since... Oh one, mm-hmm. and here they are in 2023 in the prelim final. Very exciting Very times. Exciting against the Blues. I mean, who... they did play a good last game. Yeah, they smashed it on Port. Actually, as it, as it turns out, my parents have a legacy in Fitzroy. Now we mm-hmm. love Fitzroy, as many of our friends do. Mm-hmm. I would say we are Fitzroy boys, and yeah, yeah. Fitzroy Lions, Brisbane Bears, Brisbane Lions, and now it's all come full circle. And I got a Lions scarf. King of the Jungle. Hell yeah. Well, the other thing is, it's funny because, like, I couldn't see myself going for Lions because the colors on the Lions team are the exact, literally the exact colors of my first school, which I do not like and have bad memories from. So, like, I don't think I could ever put on those colors and rep that at all, just based on absolute trauma. So, that's not happening for me. It's also one of the only teams that I can really think of that has, like, a tricolor scheme. Port has a tricolor scheme. Like, yeah, a few of them do, but it's one of the ones. Adelaide, that, like the Crows. Port, it's like theirs is like black, white, and blue. They're not even colors. This is like three random. What colors. about the Crows? They're very colorful. I'm not saying the only one, but a lot of the main teams have a dual color, which yeah. I'm kind of jealous of, to be honest. I was working at a bar at an event, and then it was the day that the Lions are playing Port Adelaide, and I went into the Napier. I haven't been to the Napier in ages, and I walked in there, and I was kind of sitting in the corner waiting, killing some time watching the game. It was covered, covered in Fitzroy Lions memorabilia, and I was eavesdropping on people, as I do. And I've been to a few pubs around the area now that are very big on the Fitzroy history. Yeah, up the Lions. Yeah, because like, they kind of went bankrupt or whatever, and then, oh, I don't know if they went bankrupt, but like, there was a whole Situation. Well, it's crazy because now if you had a Fitzroy team, it would be lit one of the most popular yeah. suburbs. It's crazy there's no Fitzroy team. I've been doing a lot of research about the legacy of football and like the origins of it all and kind of how it came together. You know, I've been doing a lot of writing. There's a strong football narrative in, well, in musical finals fever. I also have finals fever. Okay, let me just talk about my football journey. So I was quite athletic in primary school. Like I was vice sports captain in grade five and then was school captain in grade six. As you can see like the fall from grace happening, but I was very like active in primary school and was quite athletic. I was more of a soccer girly football in that sense, but like, football. you know, athletics and uh, I really liked team Who's ball. your soccer team? Well, I haven't picked a soccer team now because again, you got to remember that like- Trick question, it's Matilda's. <laughs> so here's thing like i just need to talk about the whole journey but basically at that time it was really like a positive thing to be into sport when i was in primary school but once i got to high school a lot of things that i loved such as performance and drama and sport it was not fucking cool anymore Mm. and suddenly it's like the internet happened and now i'm like i'm too cool for everything and i don't like anything and i don't like school so it was a very different time but when i was in primary school and i was really into sport i was more of a basketball girl because i'm a swagger pino whatever and i was really big on 
the Chicago Bulls. Mm -hmm. So my primary school uniform was black and red and I love the Chicago Bulls. So there's a lot of black and red themes and I've been a little browning girly since I was a very young age. Things like that mattered to me. You know, like I was always into like celebrity. Yeah. So, you know, you had your Michael Jordans and your Scottie Pippins and your Dennis Rodmans and people like football and I never played football. It was more about soccer where I was from, but there was a point where you had to pick a football team. This is the time when Essendon and Carlton were like popping off. You know, they were kind of the only two teams that mattered where I grew up. Yeah. And probably at the time in general. Yeah. So I didn't really have any choices. And like, as a young mind. You went with the Bulls colors. I went with the color scheme. Yeah. Like I was a representative of the school in sport. Yeah. So I and was I feel like, like. Bombers is a cool team to go for. It was a cool team. It was like the James Heard pre-scandal era. This is how like young my mind was. All I know is I am representing a school with the school colors. I like another team that has those colors. This team has those colors. I also like boy bands. Like yeah, Backstreet I mean, Boys. Yeah, the the sort of macho fear of your parent like forcing a team down your throat then you're gonna you yeah there's gonna no legacy it. here you're just um, gonna pick it based on there, I, there was no option it was like that was the question that would be posed to me it's like do you like the bombers or carlton there was no i didn't even know about the other teams they were the only teams that were in my vicinity so i had to make a choice like i said i picked the colors and then another thing is because of the music that was around at the time so like thinking about the backstreet boys and boy bands and pop music that i was into as a young girl james heard at that time if you go back into the archives and then you look at like a nick carter from the backstreet boys yeah he had the yeah. little like blonde haircut and i was like i like that guy mm, the bailey smith of the 90s yeah and that's the thing it's like this is how naive i was because i had no context yeah. so i just chose that team turns and out then, he's not that cute <laughs> no and like but at the time again young mine so just remember that's where i'm at i'm like this is when I say my childhood team, that's as deep as it gets. Like it was just kind of a, I had to choose. I didn't engage. I kind of watched like the finals and stuff, but it wasn't in my household. My dad actually went for Hawthorne, which I've yet to ask why. Random. Random. And then even my brother. Posh, posh team to go for. Yeah. And even my brother was like, recently I was like, who do you go for? And he's like, I used to go for the Bombers as well. Same reasons, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I switched to Hawthorne because of dad. Mm. It was funny because when I was growing up, like I was partying or whatever, and a friend of a friend was Dipper's daughter. And one night we were going out and we went to hers for praise and I was in this room and I'm walking around the room and I'm like, damn, <laughs> this fucking guy loves Dipper. <laughs> Like, there is so much Dipper memorabilia in this room. And then my friend was like, bro, that's her dad. And I was like, oh, shit. So I told my dad, I was like, I was in Dipper's house. And he was like, did you get him to sign something? I was like, no, dad, no, I didn't. But also because for me, it was like, I didn't really care about Dipper as a player. For me, it was like the dude in the Dimmies and Forges ads. You know what I mean? Like, Dimmies, I grew up in Richmond for my formative years, like in Burnley. Hmm. So as a Burnley baby, I was like, I spent a lot of time in Dimmies. And that was the familiarity. But like, I'm surprised. I didn't like this is how little I knew when I was younger mm. that I wouldn't have gone for the Tigers and I was surprised that my family didn't go for the Tigers because of that maybe your mum does and you don't know it I don't know I'm gonna ask her because I'm like we spent so many years in Richmond like I grew up down the road I'm surprised blah blah, blah that's all fucking happened and our finals fever is happening and then I worked at the MCG did the bar recently recently it was at the Melbourne and Collingwood game and I met a lot of punters and that was a really big turning point for me because I've kind of been looking for a new team for a while as I've slowly started to kind of observe and you know as we've been back in Melbourne I'm like all right I'm going 
going to let football back into my life. Let me just like actually understand it. You know, started watching some games through you. But then it was really that turning point for me where I was like, you know, I'd started to pay attention to social media because I pick players. I'm like the natural players that I'm going to gravitate towards are going to be the celebrities. Like, you know, when you talk about the Bayless Smiths of the world, there's like all the adjacents and they're kind of the first people that I'm going to pay attention to. And then as it goes on, it's like I start to find my own people that I think are good players or have good like star appeal or they're hot or something. You know, it's just like that's how simple and primal it can be. When I worked that day, because I was like in the belly of the bees, you know, I can't talk too much about it because, you know, well, you're in the G. I was in the G. I'm not going to give all the details away, but basically I was in there and I was like up amongst the, in the belly of the beast. Yeah. I saw some things and it, it's like, you know, you've already got like finals fever and then now you're in here and I'm seeing things that I shouldn't see and I'm observing things that I am not meant to observe. And I was like, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the energy from other people. I'm a bit of an energy vampire as well. So I was like, ooh, all right. I'm feeling this unity and I'm like always looking for community. So I'm kind of like, oh, okay. You know, into the zone and put my little uniform on and head down to a bar and I can see the field and I'm just like oh okay like this is real now like I'm seeing all the fans before I even got in there there was like all the fandoms for Collingwood and also Melbourne around so I'm kind of looking at all the little outfits I'm eavesdropping on conversations trying to get a feel for everything you know I've already shortlisted some teams like I've kind of been like looking at a lot of the ones that are relative to areas that I've been around or lived in or am familiar with most of the inner north type of places I, I definitely would like no question it has to be a Melbourne team but yeah basically worked the bar and I like met a lot of Collingwood fans and I met a lot of Melbourne fans and it was really the fans that I was like talking to them and kind of getting a vibe on what they liked about being part of those fandoms and then just trying to see where I fit in terms of like you know like this yeah obvious guys that I'm going to pay attention to in Melbourne and always be like a Petrarca character that's just an obvious and a given like I really like him as a persona you were kind of like I don't know if Melbourne's a good team for you because I like the fact that they're Melbourne and they're demons but you were like "Mm, I don't know if that's your team yeah I mean the thing is like these teams especially in the finals period like when you're dealing with the top eight dealing with the best teams so you're entering the zone of course you're going to be wowed every team's going to have wow factor they're the top teams yeah so it's kind of like not the right time you know it's a very like heightened time to come in so you got to kind of go all right why is this all sort of hitting me right now and then, of course, like the Petrarca, Max Gorn world is going to hit you more. And then the Kerno, Carlton world is going to hit you Well, this is the thing about Darcy I was saying. Moore, Colin, like yeah. they're all there right now. And you're not even seeing the full spectrum of. Well, this is the other thing, right? other team, you know. Well, that's the thing. So, like, I'm just looking at it like I'm looking for a team to support through the finals. I understand that I need to have the post-nut clarity of post-finals to be able to, like, sit with what I've learned and then make a decision in a time where I'm not like, you know, I'm not just getting the energy off everybody else because like, I don't want to have the same problem. And this is the lessons that you learn guys. I don't want to have the same problem that happened with the bombers where I've just made a decision because of external forces. Yeah. And now I've been stuck with the decision that I actually don't back. Like I, you know, I shot my shot too soon. That's it. And now I'm fucking being cuffed and yeah. now I have to like edge away. Like It's like when you get into a band when you're in high school and then you grow up and you're like, oh God, it felt so right at the time. It does not feel right anymore. Yeah. And you know, like I actually talked to your mom about this, you know, I was 
I'm swinging all over the place. But basically she was like, I was like, I just need to leave the bummers basically. She was like, look, it's time to move on. And I was like, that's the thing. And I talked about this to my other friend Gads. I was like, it's just one of those things where I have changed as a person and my value system has changed from when I was a young girl. And I'm not going to spend the rest of my life being like a loyalist to a decision I made when I didn't know any better. Like I've lived my life now. Like I'm a big girl. I posted this the other day on my stories because I was like, I need to get some market research going. I need to get a poll going just to, I'm, I'm trying to field as much research as I can at this point. I strongly believe that you need to go for a team for some particular reason because you need to have some kind of, you need there needs to be some root in there to be like, why are you going to be patriotic for this team? And you need to sort of feel like when the bad times are happening, you need to be fighting for your underdog of a team. Well, you know what's interesting? It's similar, and this is why I think as a marketer, I'm so fascinated by the sport world because it's one, as a sports marketer, you just have the fucking time of your lives. You have infinite budget to do all this stuff. Like as a fantasy, I'm like, for me to really love marketing, like I've worked so much with sportswear and I've dabbled in the world, but I haven't gone full performance. But I'm like, what I love about the sport world is like just the scale and gravity of what you can do. One, because you have the budget, but two, you have the eyeballs. Like people are paying attention on a mass scale. You're dealing with an extremely commercial world. That's why I got so pilled when we were going to the tennis because I was like, I'm just seeing things that I don't get to do as a marketer because you just don't have all of those things at your disposal. Mm. So, you know, I think that it's one of those things. It's like, it reminds me of like working for a brand. Like I remember my friend James had said that to me before I really like went full brand side was like, you need to be able to fight for this brand through the good and the bad. Like you've got to weather the storm and stay with your team and your tribe or whatever. It's like, oh, who cares? Just pick a team. It's like, no, I don't operate like that in general because when I'm a part of a fandom, as everyone would know by my Twilight vampire situation, like I, I'm pretty all in like you even said the other day where it's like uh, anyone that's engaged with me in sport like there was the big era of when I went back to basketball and got on the league pass and talked so much smack that I was alienating myself <laughs> from my friends I had to actually stop engaging with basketball completely because it got too crazy you do the pub check yeah and that's the thing and so this is where I'm come, at where I'm like come barging in with this newfound no Collingwood love and everyone's like yikes well this is the thing right so okay so just to go back to the journey when I had made the decision I had to like break it to you like you bought me that Eshin tomato sauce, which it says me as ketchup, and I had to turn it around in the kitchen because I'm just like, oh man, I feel like shit because, like, you know, you're always going to feel bad breaking up with someone, and like, that's the thing. That's what it feels like for me. Like for me to leave a team, I'm like, she's ending it with me. Not you, the bombers. Like I don't even know. Like this is how little I am engaged with them because I took such a big break from it all that I'm like, I don't even know you. She's quitting. She's quitting tomato. She's eating just mustard from now on. No, I'm not just eating mustard. Stop trying to make the tigers happen. Anyways, yeah. back to the True. back. That'd be a good one. All right, we'll come back to that. But I just need to go back to the breakup. You bought the tomato sauce, and I was like, because we ago. Yeah, but that's because okay. Just to give it some context, we had like decided at point we're like we're gonna stick it out in melbourne for a while i don't know how long but like I basically was like, I'm going to let Melbourne back into my life. Therefore, as part of that, AFL could come back into my life because I'm not fucking going around Sydney waving a fucking little flag. Like that's just not going to happen. So that's where I was at. And I was like, my team legacy wise would be the Bombers. Really nice gesture because I'm a big tomato sauce fan. You get me that bottle. And I was like, I posted a story with the Bombers theme song. I didn't even think about it. I just was like, yep, why would I change teams? And then I think we were at the pub. I watched a game. I can't remember what game it was. And then I said to Vaughn, oh yeah, my name is Essendon. He was like, I'm like a lifer with Essendon. And then he was saying things like, 
we are going to come back. And I felt really bound to that at the time where I was like, oh no, I think I started to feel the fear where I was like, I've told a diehard fan that I'm a fan. I don't know shit. I feel like an imposter. I don't even know where I belong. This is in my home. I've no, I think I've been to Essendon like twice in my life. Like what is this area to me? And to be honest, my experiences with Essendon have not been great because it's like the DFO. Mm. And then the other time was I went to this party once way back in the day, fresh out of high school. And there was an incident where a door got left open and then someone's dog brutally attacked someone else's cat. And then I had to drive the cat in the owner's arms on the verge of dying to the pet emergency hospital Damn. in Essendon in the middle of the night. Where even is Essendon? What's the closest? It's kind of like when you're going to the airport. Tullamarine Airport. Yeah, like towards Airport West, Tullamarine, etc. that way. God. It's, yeah, it's like real, it's a pretty random team. It's got like an airport like, how there. How is it Fitzroy? That's why it's got Essendon. the Bombers logo because it had an airport there. Oh, yeah. Wait, what was that? You know the place near your, the other direction towards near your parents' house? Moorabbin. stadium being built. Who's that's that? Moorabbin. That's going to be for, I think Hawthorne might be moving there. Yeah, it was one of those. I'm pretty teams. sure it was the Hawks. That's fucking random. But it also makes sense because if you think about that area, that's kind of like near Brighton. Mm. I'm just seeing money. Eastern suburbs true. type of vibe. That's my experience with Essendon. I'm like, I don't feel anything like it's like I've just said it and now I'm here so that's kind of where I was at and then I started to be like oh, I'm gonna have to edge away I think it's cool to go for new I mean I've chosen a new team in the NRL so I went from North Queensland to now the Dolphins so you know simple as Look, that. I think it's just one of those things it's like I need to feel something or else I feel nothing at all I really like invested in the game like I said because I've been writing fiction and football's such a big narrative in the books I've written and I'm currently editing. Like I've had to do so much research as to like get in the mindset of like a footballer slash country football slash the AFL. Like it's, it is just, it naturally has become part of the storyline that I was like, I can't just say things. I need to understand it from like a very deep place. So I've had to research like the legacy of the game and then get in the mindset of players and just like really start to understand the lore of it all, but also like the game. And I think through doing that, like as a spectator i'm really like understanding what i'm watching and then through like the understanding of it i've been able to like watch games with you or like i feel the actual desire to watch it all the time because i was like you said it once and i remember you were like it's like escapism because you have to just you can't really focus on anything else yeah. like we watched an incredible game the other day oh that day. was crazy the oh, like a, one of those games where you're just like to score in the last 90 seconds and win the game oh. to get into the prelim final in front of 96,000 people. It's like the best movie you could ever watch. It's crazy. Well, it's it, also that you know, you literally don't know. Actually, I think this is also interesting because you love to spoil movies and read the fucking. You yeah, love, yeah, you yeah. love to read the plot before. Yeah, it's yeah, happening. I'm a freak. You can't read the plot with sport. No, there's it's like, just it's, you have to just let the unknown happen. The timeline is being written in front of you and it's, yeah, it's live action. It simultaneously means everything and nothing at all. And it's like this profound experience of just like, well, you know what else I love? It's like the fear of the unknown kind of becomes void because there is no, there's nothing you can yeah. do about it. And, you, no one sim- and everyone simultaneously doesn't know. So it's sort of. Yeah, like, there's no spoilers yeah. to be had. But I think the other thing that I really enjoy is it's not just about ADHD, but because of the ADHD especially, like I really like dopamine. So having a clear winner, there's a clear reward at the end that I know at the end of the game, there's going to be a winner and a loser. Do you want to know what happened? Like, about five years ago, it was a draw in the grand final. That would, no. And they had to come back the following week and play again. <laughs> 
I mean, that's kind of fun in a way that, like, you get more of it, though. Now they've changed that rule, but how sick is that? Like, that is sick to make them do that two in a row. This is a good full circle moment because coming back to the very start when I was talking about Big Sound, that day and the end of my trip there, I was on the road to the Holy Grail, (laughs) the game. I was meant to go from Brisbane to Melbourne to see the Swans v Carlton at the G. Was it Swans? Yeah. Yeah, it was Swans. You were going to go with Tom. And this is why the story is so profound because I was... (laughs) It's meant to be just a groozy, you know, flight back, get on the flight midday, land in the Arvo. I'm in the Uber, get the text, flight's cancelled. Not like delayed, it was just straight up cancelled. And I was like, okay, you know, once again, chill attitude. I was like, I can't change this. I just got to book the next flight that I can. I had another option for like six hours later. I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to just go with this. And if I do the maths right, if everything goes to plan, I'll be back in time for the final. I just accepted that fact. And then I was stuck in the airport for six hours, which was a narrative in itself. Because I'm actually into the game and stuff. I felt the energy. We had this crazy plan where it was going to be like, (laughs) you go straight to the Jeep from the airport. Yeah. I was going to meet you at gate three, then, take yeah. your suitcase off you Literally. and come back home. That would have been crazy. It's a crazy, ridiculous plan that just was now logical for some reason. Yeah, I was willing to do I was working and I was like, I will come after the bar and I will meet you there and I will take that bag and I'll do the slog home because it would be a shit show to get home. But yeah. I was like, I'll do it so you can see the game. And also because you have a newfound respect for the game. I was going to hunt and collect the bag. Nice. Anyway, as you went to the Holy stuck, Grail. I was stuck in the airport for six hours and blessing to my Instagram followers. Told, <laughs> Here's a hack. If you want to get your Instagram engagement up, people love a narrative. It's like six to eight to ten plot points across the day where everyone's like following a narrative. All of a sudden I'm noticing everyone's watching. Yeah, because I want to know what happens next. And more next. people are watching and I'm like, I'm not going to just let this six hours just pass by. Firstly, I'm going to work from airport, you know, 2023. That's like digital nomad shit right there. Yeah. I had an office set up in the airport aka my laptop so i was doing work i was getting shit done i spent the first hour or two and i wasn't freaking out i got there inevitably everyone there's all these people just pissed doing that sort of silent yell where they're like posturing towards the people they're like what the fuck can you do about it can you change it can you change it because there was that carlton fan yeah right? there was a couple and this guy in brisbane he's making the trek to see the game he's just like he's doing the like the hands up what was me thing and i'm just like bro like it is what it is and then i think he went for the fucking 1200 return tickets like he just went for it he have a family with him him and him and his wifey who she was just did not give a fuck she was just doing it for the bit i talked to my mom and she's like why don't you get a bus down to the gold coast and i'm like yeah i don't think i'm gonna do that it just sounds like it doesn't feel right just feels way too extra like it's just not gonna happen so i go up and ask i'm like what's the deal could i get a flight from the gc and they were like probably not gonna make it here's part three (laughs) when you're dealing with someone on the phone to like fix your broadband or you've just had your flight cancelled and you've got the really nice you know. I love how you're specifically talking about the broadband and you're looking at me because you know I'm a hothead and I have <laughs> gone off dummy. I think everyone before. can relate to this, but you, yeah. you know, I rock up, you know, this lovely lady's just doing her thing and she's just like, give me the smiles. Like she's just like a mom and she's just like, how are you going? And I'm like, I'm good. Like, how are you? See that? How are you? <laughs> she's like, good. And I was like, great. And I was like, what's, well, you know, just give me the lowdown. She's like, yeah, you're probably not going to make it. I was like, you know what? Fine. It's all good. And then she's like, but you can check your thing in now. We can like make sure it gets there. I was like, great. Check it in and then she's just like you want a boarding pass i'm like no it's all good and she goes oh here's four eight dollar meal vouchers and i was like huh well you can use them all over the airport i'm 32 dollars richer now <laughs> 
Yes. Thank you, Jetstar. So I now have Jetstar box that I can spend across the You got dollary dues for days. Dude, I am in Queensland with 32 <laughs> Jetstar box and I'm like, I'm rich. I actually had had a boost. Did you use it? The well, voucher? I was pre-getting the vouchers. So I was like, okay, first L is right there. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but I hadn't had any food. I hadn't gone through security. I was on the outskirts because I was like, I'm going to get as much vitamin Queensland as I can. So I go and I get a pack of $8 freeze-dried broccoli. <laughs> what? Have you had those? Dude, that is so rude. So, you, sorry, not freeze, right? Dehydrated broccoli. Yeah, like astronaut broccoli. Yeah, yeah. So I get a pack of those. That's eight bucks. And I'm like, that was crazy. See, this is the thing. This Would shit... you have bought that for eight dollars? No, I was splurging. I was like, I'm never going to buy this. So yeah, I yeah. get it. It was yummy, but it was just, it's so light. I was like, I'm eating air. <laughs> but I'm eating broccoli. But did it turn Genius. into full-size broccoli when it was in your mouth? Yeah. It was, I mean, it wasn't broccolini. So, so it's not... not like, you know, when you get a packet of noodles and there's like a dehydrated pea in there mm. and it suddenly replenishes into apparently it's yeah. supposed to be like a normal pee. Yeah, it felt like it was expanding. It was like magic and they were yum. So I was down one archer, which is fine. I was starting to plot. I was like, okay, I'm going to sit in the sun. I'm going to vape. I'm going to just chill. There's another dude who's just this old dude. Just this amazing old bees hang out. He's just watching the Queenslanders go by and I'm like, this is scenes. And then eventually it gets hot because it's Queensland. So I was like, I'm going to go inside. Then I set up shop still on the outside watching the world go by, getting some shit done. And then eventually I'm like, all right, it's time to go in. So I get through security. They haven't done the laptop stay in your bag technology yet. I'm really not in Kansas anymore. I was like, this is old school. Laptop comes out, all good. Belt comes off, pants fall down. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still don't. Well, get... you're fucking doing the Eagle Rock at that point. I'm doing, doing the Eagle Rock, and I'm swinging my hips and. <laughs> I get through and now it's finally time to eat. And I'm like, what am I going to get here? Well, how many vouchers have you got left? Three. I got 24 bucks. And I'm like, it's not going to get me that far. Like that's like one and a half solid airport meals. So I venture down. I get a ramen. It was fine. I get so your pants down with a ramen in your mouth. Pants are back on. Belt is in the hoops, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm back in the zone. AirPods in. Both then, or just one? Both. Yeah. No one to talk to. And then I eat that. I get a Kit Kat Chunky king size because, of course, and a Coke Zero. Yeah, Coke All Zero, right, so let's ramen. talk through the menu. Yeah, Coke Zero, ramen. ramen. That was the first. Kit Kat Chunky king size. Yeah, real. And dehydrated broccoli. That was already done. That was well gone. So then I'm like, all right, I've still got three hours to kill. So I was like, fuck. I've got these Qantas lounge vouchers. I've never used them. I see the lounge. I'm like, I'm going to go in there. Perfect. I get to the thing. I'm like, can I use this? And they're like, I think so. You just got to connect it to the app and all this shit. And I was like, oh, sweet. I didn't freak out. I was like, you guys are giving me shit attitude. You don't want me in here. Like, I don't have any like cattle to sell. Like, <laughs> yeah, you you're know. not wearing a blue suit, brown I don't shoes. Love a, I don't love a bold red. Like, I don't love a, an Akura. They're like, you don't come here very often. I was like, I don't. And then I get in and it's just like... Like I'm in year 10 camp. Like this room <laughs> is just the biggest perk of this place is the fact that you can just pour yourself alcohol unlimited. Which is great if you're really So all the old dudes are just pouring themselves like Shiraz and you know, they're losing it. They're loving it. And then I'm scoping the area and I'm like, it's a sandwich bar. And that's when I was at year 10 camp vibes. You know, As a subway lover, I'm surprised that you were like nay-naying the sandwich bar though. Yeah, I think the real problem is that I wasn't hungry anymore because I just ate yeah. There was a massive bowl of whole grain mustard. I'm talking like a full-on cake bowl of mustard. <laughs> and I was like, this is way too much. And it was like cold ham and white bread. And then there was a pesto pasta salad, which I tried. And I was like, there is no salt on this. It like, looked good visually, though. Yeah, it looked good. I was like, there is zero salt on this. And I didn't take a salt packet. And I was like, I'm eating heart attack friendly food. Okay, I'm not going to get a heart attack here. And then I do the rounds and then, 
you know, one of my favorite is the corn nuts. I do love bar corn nuts. Like so they nuts. didn't have the goldfish though. No goldfish. No I feel goldfish. like that's virgin then. And I didn't see, but there was this kind of like abandoned, those coffee makers, the quote unquote espresso machine. You know, the yeah, ones yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it like has the milk coming out. It's like a pre-robot world. It's like an early robot coffee machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you press cappuccino and then it yeah. I know, like the 7-Eleven one. Yeah, Like exactly, the old version. Exactly. So the that's just sitting there and I'm like, well, there's no oat milk option and I don't want a long black. So is it all big milk? Next to it, there's like in America, you don't see this very often. Oh, wait, was it? Let me just guess. Is it like one of those breakfast buffets where they have like a full on what looks like a milk jug and it's full of milk and exactly. just out in the wild? Exactly. And much like the demographic man. of this room, it was a very liberal and labor, you know, showdown between- Where, about, where were the nationals? Cream. Liberal national is one party. So they're- Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Colluded on one side you've got full cream big so milk got your this is where at the parliament house ScoMo, all over again you got your scomo full cream yeah you know and then you've got your albo skim yeah the and, skim and there's no greens oat to be seen i no. was like i'm really out here and no almond who would have almond no there was no alternative okay and this is why it was very well symbolic. that's how it's very symbolic because very it's symbolic. one or the other i didn't choose either so you know i'll just leave that with you you can make it <laughs> i go off i have a bread roll love a bread roll as well with the butter the one in the little packet yeah yeah and then whipped butter no not a whipper. No, no, no. Like rock hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I do that and then I walk deeper into the pit and then there's furthest away there's like these screens and then there's like a lot of chairs and a lot of them are uncomfortable they're like <laughs> and then there's these really comfy ones around the corner so i go and perch up there and i'm just out here and there's a tv with Qantas ads on it i'm like this is very meta and then there's several old dudes just coughing like spluttering 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 they were just dudes like cutting deals okay let's get a percentage on gender breakdown like how much of the percentage there was a was lot of shios dudes? in there yeah, yeah. so it was quite like even split everyone was doing business there was one woman what was had... the percentage of blue suits though because it's queensland it was a lot of like polo ex, shirts like, yeah like farm farm yeah. logo on the polo you know blue jeans some yeah yeah and then like sipping either a beer or, or yeah, know, yeah i know the whatever. vibe Getting... like farmer money farmer money yeah yeah They're loving the beer they're just like yeah it's like friday so it's like yeah. friday for these guys and and then there's this like couple of business women who i saw and they you know they're on the ciders they're oh, on yeah, double the airpods they're on they're doing calls they're on the siders they're just like getting shit done and then i'm doing i'm getting my shit done but i'm just like <laughs> everyone in here is just like doing Qantas lounge shit and i was like i really feel like i'm in the 80s I felt like i was in the 80s and it felt good i was like was it like the 80s or the 70s though because when we went to the parliament house it was giving 80s 90s Australian. yeah 80s 90s interesting cliently aids on 80s opulence was there like eucalyptus tones yeah it felt like parliament house that's yeah of trapped in time kind of almost like 70s cusp as well yeah like trapped in time kind of this was opulent once and but don't now you feel like that is Qantas as a brand yeah hell yeah I was thinking about this I've flown Qantas quite a lot I still have this like Rain Man affiliation to it where I'm like still think of them as like premium yeah. in terms of like yeah. You know, when you were saying the opulence thing, I think of Qantas and I think it is the most premium in comparison to like a Jetstar and RIP Tiger. But like my actual go-to airline, if I have to choose, is Virgin always. Yeah. Well, Virgin is the most modern. This is exactly, it's like got that feeling of what once was decadent. At one time, a cake bowl full of whole grain mustard was opulent. Yeah, at one time exposed big milk was opulent. Like I was surprised there was even Wi-Fi in there. There was. And Did they have any kind of sleeping ponds or anything like that? No, 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 no. This place needed a fucking facelift, man. It was just like, that was the vibe. This is 
so outdated that it's like fun to be in here. Everything's just a bit scrappy. I loved it. This is a perfect use of my time. Eventually wrapped up, I had to leave and took a banana and I was gone. And it was ice cold. It's interesting that you said it was ice cold because I experienced this, I think it was one time when I went to the Philippines by myself and I flew Qantas. And I remember being on that flight and I was like, again, with the thing where I just never really think about it. And then I'm there and I'm kind of like, wait, this is like old legacy. This is old money. This is not my version of opulence yeah. and I'm like everyone here is a retiree I yeah. realized and I remember getting the dessert on that particular meal and it was like a lint ball but it was rock hard yeah, yeah. and I was really questioning See, it's why in, it's, it's not even like the deep freeze it's like in the deep chill like this banana this was giving that vibe of like they've got fruit in the cold room and it's been in there for like days on end they will everything just felt like it was pre-packaged pre-made it was like eating plain food on the ground yeah which is quite crazy Crazy. Yeah. Much like the dehydrated space food. I've remained calm this whole time because I basically <laughs> just, I've accepted the fact that I could miss this game. You and I had the plan locked. I'm texting Tom. I'm like, look, if the flight takes off on time, I'm going to make the second half comfortably. If there's any delay, I'm done. Especially with the traffic as well, because I was working bar that day, like it was talk of the town. Like it's a big conversation whenever a game is happening because the MCG is where it is. It just fucks up all the traffic in yeah. all directions. It was like any delay here, I'm cooked. And and it was what it was. I get to the thing, bump into Paige and Ollie, and I'm like, I haven't seen them in a while. We get chatting. We're all in the same boat. We're all delayed here. And then flight 15, 25, 45. And I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, it's over. There's Dream's no over. chance here. No. Flight's delayed an hour. The silent delay. This is a new trend where they don't tell you it's delayed. They just let you figure it out. They're telling you, they're like, you know, like blah, blah, blah. But then it's no sort of official like flag in the ground. This is delayed. Kind of this edging. You know, I've noticed that every time we fly from Queensland, this happens. Edging. Every time we've flown from the Gold Coast, because like obviously when we fly back from Byron, we try to go to Ballina, but sometimes there's just no flights. Because there's already the time zone difference. But without fail, there's been a delay that no one addresses. And that's where we're at. So luckily I sold the ticket. Last you did minute. sell the ticket. So and when you got back, we watched the end of that game, which was pretty sweet. Got back. And by the time I got home, there was about four, maybe, well, there was about 10 minutes left of the game. So I definitely wouldn't have made it. That was what it was. I think you came home for the final quarter. Yeah. I can't remember. Was it a tight game? Yeah. And Sydney got knocked out. Yeah. It was tight. It was like a one goal difference in the end. So yeah. yeah. Well, now we're full now circle. you've been to more footy games than I have. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I have, actually, I have actually worked at a football game before. It was in the corporate box. I don't really understand what work I was doing. I don't even remember much, but it was a North Melbourne game. I can't remember who they played against. It was years ago, straight out of high school. Somehow ended up in this corporate booth. But yeah, that was an experience. But, you know, I'd love to work at the football again. Haven't really had the opportunity. I'm very much invested. But coming back to my decision, I've kind of shortlisted now. Like I've been paying attention to watching the games, learning about the sport, learning the rules, all that shit. Like I'm kind of across that, like the history of it all. And now I'm like into the law of the teams, kind of their origin stories and finding my favorite players because, you know, there's the ones that whether you like football or not, they're the ones that you know. I would say the Petrarchas, the Bailey Smiths, the really obvious ones, like the Brody Grundys, etc. And then there's the people that like are also really big, but I hadn't like dived in. Like even a Darcy Moore, I've always been across him, but like now I really know what his story is, you know, the Dacos boys, etc. Like there's a bunch of players like that. There's a whole list of them. And now I've even gone further where I've like found new players. And, and the teams that I've shortlisted are, and I have not made a decision. I thought I'd made a decision. And then every fucking time I watch one of them play, 
I decide this is the one I like, or I keep finding a new player that I'm like invested in. But sacrilegious, because when I did make the decision to go for the Bombers back in the day, I chose the Bombers over Carlton based purely on aesthetics, because I was like, I don't like navy as a color. It makes me think of the police. It's just not for me. It makes me think of uniform, like freaks me out. It's one of those colors that I'm like, it's never been a color for me. So Carlton has come back into my life where I'm like, I actually spent a lot of my 20s in Carlton and most of my share houses have been Carlton. Mm. So I have a lot of fond memories of the area. I love lots of the key areas in Carlton. We're not far from Carlton. Like the training ground, Icon Park is just not too far from here. Love a lot of the players that are currently, obviously there's the Kano as well. I love Cripps. Like I think he's great. Like there's heaps of players that I'm like getting interested in. And I will say that when they wore the other uniform, the inverse color in the last game they played, when they're wearing the white, their little tidy whiteies on and they're all covered in like blood and dirt. I was like, I can get around this yeah. more than I can get around the navy but i do understand they are the blues but also that i'm like oh like the blues as in the sads i get that so there's a lot of reasons why i'm like carlton is interesting to me even though a younger me that had made the decision to go for the bombers is kind of like oh it's a betrayal that's just one aspect of it but i think they are a contender for me another one we talked about this with richmond like because i grew up in the area in the year of the tiger as well i'm a tiger baby yeah see that's already that's a double right there yeah like growing up in richmond and also in the year of the tiger that's what i'm talking about the root cause the root reason that's big i can't remember which is the hospital that's in richmond that's the hospital i should have been born at but because my auntie worked out in the burbs yeah my parents literally drove there to have me in the burbs <laughs> so my birth certificate says that i'm from an area but actually i grew up from baby to i tell you this much you know, if primary school if the tigers were in the finals you would be very much i feel like the narrative would be peaking right now so yeah it's, gotta we gotta get through this phase well this is the other thing about the tigers like from a uniform perspective just change out the color yeah on the tomato sauce bottle from red to yellow yeah it's got a new bottle but yeah. like you see how the, they could easily be interchangeable as you said when they wear the inverse colors i really like the black on the yellow the only player i really am familiar with this is where it's gonna come down to that as well i have to like investigate the players because that's something that's important to me i buy into the characters and the superheroes but like dusty's the only person i've really known yeah. from like a i'm not engaged from like a social media superstar presence They've got a bit of grit to them. Well, this is the thing. So, well, the thing is, we've talked about this with me as a person, but there's the city baby in me that, like I said, grew up in Richmond. And then there's my suburban girly that grew up in the sticks, which was the sticks back in the day because it's like we ended the train line or whatever. But I do have like this bogan edge to me where there's a suburban girly with my gravel palette that I need to be able to feel like, you know, I need to be around my people, especially when I'm going into sport. There's a little gremlin there, little potty mouth, etc. That I need a little bit of grit. So having said that, that's one of the reasons when I was at that Collingwood and Melbourne game, I'm not saying that every supporter is the same, but there was an elitism within the Melbourne fandom that I couldn't really relate to. A lot of suits freaked me out a little bit, always get a bit uncomfortable. A lot of money. There was just like a certain type of like elitism that when I was surrounding myself around these fandoms, I didn't connect with it. So that was something. And I was kind of like, I don't think this is a team for me. Collingwood, on the other hand, really got along with a lot of people in the fandoms. I told one guy about it. He was like, gave me his hat and was like join us and they were really welcoming another guy was like i like your neck tat and i was like Thank so you. if you join collingwood you now have to be under the eddie mcguire umbrella this is the thing i'm not saying that which it's is a real she's a real bummer here's the thing i'm not saying that i'm definitely like i said i've got my shortlist at the moment is richmond halton and collingwood i'm just saying from a first-hand perspective of like having engaged with the people on the ground and observing them and talking to them not everyone i just felt something also after i finished my shift i ran down to the front as the game ended 
with and kind of just like soaked it up. Soaked up the like diehard fans all waiting around, saw the boys right there in front of me. I put eyes on the team and I was like, could you be my boys? You know what I mean? Like I had that, saw Darcy in the flesh. I really love Mason Cox. Like I just think he's a freak and I like his pod and I like his little glasses and he's randomly a Swifty. And I think that's so funny as a narrative. He's Texan and used to like play basketball and stuff. And I find him to be a character that I can get around. I love the Dacos brothers. I love a sibling narrative and obviously the history with the father-son rule in the team. So there's a lot of reasons why I was like, I'm feeling things for Collingwood. But like a huge one, I think for me with Collingwood, other than obviously spending a lot of time in this area, very much identifying with the inner north, like historically, working in Collingwood for a long time. Another thing is that there's a sadistic part of me when you tell me no, not you, but just in general, when people say, no, you can't, I am like- You hit him with the Obama. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And it's like suddenly like, why not though? You know, like this is my rebellion in me that it's like, but why? You know, and there's this bad boy energy around the team where like I've said a few times where I've been like, I'm dancing with the devil of like making a switch and I'm thinking about Collingwood always without fail. I've had, other than your mom who goes for Collingwood, every single other person I've mentioned Collingwood to straight up hardliner. Like I've heard the words, you can't go for Collingwood. You better not go for Collingwood. You bogan. Yuck. Like these are the words that I'm hearing as I say the word Collingwood as an option and I mention the magpies. I'm just like met with like resistance from everyone. And I'm kind of like, it's a sick thing that I have, but I'm like. So going back to swooping magpies, man. You see what I mean though? Like you're saying these things and I'm like getting serotonin from like the rebellion. And from a visual perspective, black and white are my colors. Like it looks like Beetlejuice, you know, like these are just things. The color of your vape is yellow and black. So how about that? It's actually orange. So I'm not going to go for DW. Like, I'm just saying, this is why, like, this is where I stand with Collingwood at the moment. I have not committed to them, but I'm, like, edging. Then at the same time, like I said, I'm edging with Carlton because, like, I've been watching them play. Apparently, I heard on Mason's show that he was even saying, like, they are playing, like, Richmond. Who, which Carlton? is Carlton. Yeah, yeah. And I'm assuming that's because they're playing with grit because yeah. that's what I'm seeing. When that last game that they played against Port, I was like, I like their playing style. Tom DeCone. Yeah. I've warmed him after watching him play as well. It's like, snap flies he's like michael jordan yeah. so you know there's little things that i've been watching feeling things we went to carlton the other day scoping the area we're in collingwood today scoping the area maybe i need to go back to richmond and walk down memory lane like i yeah. go back to richmond library and take a punt down punt you know what I'm saying? exactly so you know like i said i'm not making a commitment i'm currently doing the dance i called it an rfp like request for pitch or proposal tom called it a eoi expression of interest you know what they call the grand final the big dance and i'm not going to base my decision based on who is the winner because I don't like to support a loser but at the same time can't win everything but this is where I stand so if any fans out there that want to give me a pitch go on I'm open to hear it I've got ears to the ground wearing my heart on my sleeve I'm a great fan to have on board like I'm very committed once I'm in so who knows who knows very excited about the next few games and even more excited about the finals so yeah go Lions (laughs) go whoever I'm agnostic at the moment so before we wrap it I just wanted to quickly touch on a couple of key words that we've been using and we just need to put the flag on the ground just in case you are unfamiliar with some of our language on this show one is gravel palette you may have heard us use it the reference here is that actually harry referred to me as having a gravel palette once upon a time (laughs) recently recently it's true because of my diet you know the suburban girly in me has grown up with eating fast food frozen food you know lots of tomato sauce etc so just when you hear the word gravel palette that's what we're referring to because another word that we like to use in this pod is harry and bronchia super 
super tasters. Yeah, super palate, super, super palate, super yeah. tasters. So that's the inverse. Like I don't have that, but I'm developing one. And the more I dine and the more I try, the more I understand. Another word that has been used recently is a digital dack or a digital dacking, <laughs> which Harry has referred to when I go, it's not just me, but like anybody goes like Viper mode. Well, you were digital dacking Jeeves the other day. <laughs> Absolutely sniping him from Yeah, well, you know what? Like, you're living his fucking best life, and then you group chat just some slander. <laughs> and I was just like, you just digital dacked him. Well, you know what? It was a throwing fits meme where I was like, don't become the meme, essentially. And it's not my fault. They created the meme. So that's that. Another one I came up with today because we were at Everyday Coffee and like, fuck my life. I'm really bad at making coffee orders. A new persona that I've created is Mumbelina. I don't fucking know what coffee I drank today because. <laughs> You had ordered an oat cap. Yeah. And then. Easy. Two, <laughs> you just like, syllables. And he looks at me and I'm like, yeah. Oh, what did I even say? Yeah, like, yeah. Can I get the same? Like kind of like. And he's like, what? And you're like, ice cap. And I'm like, there, there, there is no ice cap. And then you're like, oh, oat cap. And then he's like. But I don't even know who said oat cap in And he end. did that thing where he sort of, you know, when you say like, how are you? And they're like, yes. He was just like, okay, cool. And then my <laughs> cap came out with the chocolate. So I was like, confirmed. And then yours had no chocolate. I was like, something's gone wrong. And then I um, did, I couldn't taste if it, it was, was fine. I mean, nothing happened. Was it, a, was it big milk? <laughs> I don't think it was big milk. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, just some words for you to use. So Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. But anyways, we'll speak to you soon. 